0: <laughs> don't worry
1: <laughs>
0: I prefer daddy oh Jesus
2: <laughs> oh my
1: god you hear that Vader make sure you call daddy. him daddy <laughs> big daddy
2: don't call me daddy no one will ever call
1: you that just Uh-oh. let it go <laughs> that's, the name of,
2: that's the name of the podcast don't call me daddy don't call me daddy <laughs> I, li- I, like, I like one fourth less salt
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's not bad either maybe we should just call it Peppery <laughs> the Peppery Nerd Podcast yeah
1: <laughs> Sugar,
0: sugar, no, it's too sweet. Spice. We're not everything. Nice.
1: Though. None of the nice stuff. <laughs> None of the nice
0: stuff. So, we talk about stuff we eat. The
1: ones who will swear. This is just a pod for the patri- oh, Patreon. Oh, this, this <laughs> yeah, this, this, this could be super. This
2: could be super sweary, huh? Yeah. Yeah. We have, yeah, we have to be careful.
1: Speaking of dad, he's yeah. not here to recommend <laughs> us. He's going
2: to wag his finger at us. Uh-huh. Him and his stupid kids who can't hear <laughs> vulgarity. <Yeah. laughs> I listen to the podcast in my car. So, oh, sorry. And I always got my kids with me. It's fatherhood. It's fatherhood, yeah. Gross. That's why I don't hang out with people with kids. Responsible parenting. Well, actually, I, I have to say, I didn't, I used to not hang out with people with kids, but now I think everybody I know has kids. Yeah. So I'm regressing. Do we have kids? I think we got one.
0: You got yeah, kids. by the way, can you come to bed tonight <laughs> after <afterwards>? work? <laughs> I'm just going to put the podcast on and let him fall asleep to it. Yeah. Also, you need to feed him. Oh, <laughs> that work. This parenting thing is hard.
1: Gross. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Let's trade him in for a TV on Black Friday. <laughs> I'm down.
0: Yeah. Can we get That's a 70 incher I got it from my daddy. edition of the salty nerd podcast without the salty nerd we Uh, fired him yeah well unfortunately alex is home with the plague yeah and his entire family is dying
2: the vegas valley plague
0: vegas valley plague so we don't have the professional setup so you may hear gardeners mowing the lawn outside and dogs dogs barking barking. and people bumping the table dogs
1: and cats living together in sin
0: mass hysteria Uh, i am matthew kadish author of the earthman jack space saga and alex's sworn arch nemesis with me today is the rest of the Salty Nerd panel. We have uh, the plucky sidekick, Matt Vader, 74. There you go again. Yeah.
1: And ju Ju, the useless girl.
0: Yes, yeah, the, the token female. Cooties. She's got cooties. Yeah, she does. <laughs> and we've got our two dogs with us, so they'll be annoying. Uh, we'll try to edit them out as much as possible. Salty's going to be alone going, there's dogs! There's
2: dogs in the podcast!
0: There's dogs and there's people blowing leaves outside. What's up, so, with you guys? I've
1: been trying to murder that dog for a year.
0: Longer than that. Um, So uh, basically, this episode has the distinction of being the first Salty Nerd podcast episode ever recorded on a USB mic. So if Alex wasn't already dying, this would put him in his
2: grave. Oh, man. (laughs) He's not even going to release this. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: We don't have the professional setup that we usually have when Alex (laughs) is running things. So we've got my single Blue Yeti USB microphone set to uh, omnidirectional. So... Uh, Forgive us if the sound quality isn't up to the usual Salty Nerd Podcast standards, Uh, but today we've got a lot of stuff to talk about, so let's get right to it, guys. Uh, We've got a trio of superhero trailers that hit the internet uh, recently, the first one being Morbius, a living vampire, and this was a a Spider-Man character, and this movie is being released by Sony in the quote-unquote Sony marvel universe the smcu yeah um i had to i had to give jude like a a treatise on uh on uh what the uh, differences between the mcu proper and the sony mcu was yesterday she hasn't seen any of the new spider-man movies or anything like that so um matt vader what did you think of the morbius trailer
2: um well going into this i didn't know anything about this character um, and I still don't know anything about this character other than he's a vampire, and um, I think Blade should be in the movie too now. So <laughs> um, a lot of people are screaming for Blade. Oh, uh, I think Blade. Would, I think they're going to cross over at some point. I would, uh, I would think maybe. Well, it, but, it's
0: tough because Morbius is with mm-hmm. the Sony stable of Spider-Man characters that they mm-hmm. have the licenses to, and Blade is distinctly within I Disney's so. Yeah. Uh, wheelhouse. So they may have some little crossover, but I think Morbius is more going to be crossing over with Spider-Man as opposed to uh,
2: blade. It's, Go ahead.
1: It's like it's blades bat cave, but Morbius is subletting from him, but they don't really see each other or cross okay. over in any way.
0: Yeah. So the, the gist of Morbius is basically he's this uh, brilliant scientist with a um, fatal blood disease and he somehow uh, creates a cure from Vampire Bats, I guess. But he gets the powers of a vampire along with the uh, overwhelming bloodlust. But he still has... He's not dead. He's not an undead character. In, in the
2: trailer, it kind of looks like he goes up to that cave where uh, Vlad went in that one movie. Um, what was that movie called where the vampire movie came out a couple years ago?
0: Oh, uh, Dracula Unbound?
2: Yeah, that one. And he yeah. looks like he goes up to well, that that's a cave universal movie. Makes, so. the deal, makes the deal with the dude in the cave and... All the bats come out and they do the Batman thing, where the bat the bats swirl around him. Yeah, that's kind of cool. But yeah,
0: but he I'm making no sense right now. <laughs> yeah. so, so like, he's not an undead vampire. No. He, he's still a living person, but he has the powers of a vampire along with the bloodlust. So he's constantly trying to fight against his cravings for human blood and using his powers for good. So he's kind of like an anti-hero. But it stars Jared Leto as yeah. uh, as Morbius. What do you guys think of that casting choice?
2: I think it works. Yeah. I don't have a problem with him. See, I don't like Jared
0: Leto all that much as an actor. I like his band, but. I mean,
2: I <laughs> I, I didn't hate him as the Joker. I really? didn't hate him
1: as the Joker either, but I don't, I mean, once you see Joaquin Phoenix as Joker, yeah. you're just like, oh yeah, this is, is the way. You guys are way higher on,
2: on Joaquin Phoenix Joker than I am. But that's okay.
0: But even the Heath Ledger Joker just put Jerry oh, well, Lane Yeah, yeah it was sure. a
1: completely different take on Joker, and I feel like this is a better fit for the actor.
0: Uh I, I didn't like his his take on Joker, like the whole like Juggabo Joker type thing where he was like, you know, he didn't even have like the smile. He just had the that tattoo on his hand and mm-hmm. put it up over his hand and acting like thug life. <laughs> you know. Just didn't seem to fit the, I mean, the character.
2: For for as bad as that movie was, I thought his Joker was one of the better parts of it. So, but I also, we're never going to see that Joker again, so it doesn't yeah, matter. Probably not.
0: I also didn't like him in uh, Blade Runner. Uh, you know, he has a small part in Blade Runner as the blind. Um, oh, like that's, the right. Guy. that's right. That's um, right. I just don't find him interesting as an actor. I know that he's like all method and stuff, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't know. I just, there's something about him that doesn't appeal to me as, a, as you know, an audience member. But I guess there could be worse actors that you could put in the role oh, of Morbius, the living vampire.
2: No, I think uh, I would have liked this character way better 20 years ago. When I was like, really, in, like, I went into like, this weird vampire phase. I read all the Anne Rice books. <laughs> and... still doing that. <laughs> but, uh, I read all the Anne Rice books too. Which yeah, was they were be... um,
0: the Interview with vampire was great. Probably
2: interview, yeah,
0: yeah. That, that was only an Anne Rice book I've read, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> so I'm a little bit biased. The Lasher series is very good, too.
1: For all my book nerds out
0: there. Yeah, you're going to have to speak up, dear.
1: Sorry, The Lasher series is very good, too, by Anne Rice. Yeah.
0: So, um, basically, they're doing with this character what they did with Venom, uh, Sony is where they have the rights to all these Spider-Man characters, mm-hmm. and they're trying to build out the, the quote-unquote Spider-verse. And... Uh, <clears throat> venom was kind of like their test case and now that venom did really well uh they're basically trying to do the same with these other characters and morbius is like their second foray into this so if morbius does really well you're going to see sony just go whole hog on all yeah. these ancillary spider verse characters I'm, I'm
2: looking forward to that I but think you one of that. the
0: interesting things in this trailer was they showed that michael keaton's uh vulture from mm-hmm. homecoming is going to be at least making a cameo in right. the morbius movie and there's talk that uh, J. Jonah Jameson from the end of um, what was it, uh, Far From Home? Uh, he's going to have a, a role to play in the movie as well. So that there's all types of these crossovers between well,
2: the. If they're going to do a shared universe, they have to do that. They have to tie these movies together at least a little bit, to where we know they're in the same. Yeah. Same place. Yeah. You know. So.
0: All right. So going on from Morbius to our second superhero movie, uh, the MCU proper. Uh, a new Black Widow trailer dropped, right? And uh, this one, I felt like it was a lot more the same. Like, I didn't get anything new out of it except we got to see Taskmaster, who's, like, the main villain uh, of this movie, apparently. Uh, Jude, what did you think of the new Black Widow trailer?
1: Um, I thought it looked more interesting than the first one. The first one, I was just like, oh, they're doing a Black Widow movie. All right, I might see that. I might not. I don't really care. And this one, I was like, "Oh, it actually looks like there's a story here that I could invest in."
0: What did you think of the new Black Widow trailer, Vader?
2: Um, again, uh, I I kind of thought this movie should have came out five years ago, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm down. I think it's going to be fun and interesting. I like the new characters; that they seem to be putting in there, and uh, I like I like a little bit of humor, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, What's the guy from Hellboy and David Harbor? David Harbor, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna like his character. It was cool to see him throwing somebody against the wall because so we, we now know that he's got some super strength or something going on. And and uh, the Taskmaster character looks really neat too. So I'm I'm definitely gonna go watch this movie. So
0: see, I I know that a lot of people are excited that Black Widow is finally getting her own movie. Mm-hmm. But after watching both these trailers. I just want to see David Harbour's character. Yeah, me too. Like, I want him to be the main character of this movie because he just seems more interesting than any of the other characters. I mean,
1: just based on the preview alone, it looks like he's playing it with more humor than he did Hellboy.
0: Yeah, but um, also just, you know, like the the sister character, she just seems like, you know, the exact same character as Black Widow. Mm -hmm. Uh, The mother character uh, played by, what's her name, Rachel Weisz, who doesn't look like she's, she actually looks like she's, regressed in age. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> get that that was 1990s. supposed
1: to be a mother character. They just all look like sisters.
0: Uh, no, I think that uh, David Harbour and Rachel Weiss are supposed to be the mother-father and then uh, Black Widow and her sister are like their daughters, or at least like an adoptive family.
2: I kind of take it as they're sisters in a sense that they both went to the Black Widow training. Yeah, super yeah. spy chick school. Gone through all the same trials and tribulations okay. and, and, and whatnot. So and they call each other sisters because... Well, that, that's why know. I said adoptive
0: family. Yeah. Because Rachel Weiss is like, what, 20 years older than either ScarJo or that other actress? Babe,
2: hey, there's something different about my mango pineapple smoothie.
1: Really? <clears throat> my caramel frappe tastes
3: fine. Nah, something's definitely different. No difference? Other than I got them for half off because I ordered on the app. Well, that explains it. Explains what? How things seem to taste so much better when you're getting a sweet deal. Okay. <laughs> right now at Mickey D's, get 50% off any size cafe beverage when you order through the McDonald's app. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Followed one time per day. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Visit tryfacetwealth.com for 2 months free off your first year of financial planning. That's t r y f a c e t wealth.com. Facet Wealth is an SEC registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities nor is it investment legal or tax advice.
0: At least.
1: Oh, I don't think she's that much.
3: Older. I don't
1: know.
0: We'd have to break out more the Google. Google machine right now. <laughs> yeah. I tell you Rachel why she, like I don't know how she does she gets better looking as she gets older.
2: Some women it's, do it's, that. It's crazy. Yeah.
0: Like I remember when she first came out in that Keanu Reeves movie, um, way back when.
1: Keanu Reeves. Yeah, where they
0: there it was like a uh, it was a fugitive ripoff where they were trying to stop this bomb from going off in like Philadelphia or something like that. It was one of the, her first movies, and uh, she didn't look anywhere near as good as she. I don't she looks know
2: what now. Keanu movie that is.
1: Forty nine versus thirty five.
0: Not a huge age difference, but. Uh, 14 years?
2: Yeah, 14 years. That's I was close. quite a bit, actually.
1: I mean, not... Well,
0: not as much as 20. Yeah.
1: Uh, She's so... my age. <laughs> Holy crap. Right. Hey.
2: Uh, that means you got a shot. Go Gen X. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: uh, if, if, if you want to IMDb, the, uh, the movie I'm talking about, just so it's not an open loop hanging out there for everyone.
2: Uh, I would give them something to look up. Yeah.
0: Well, it was definitely before uh, Constantine which was the other movie that she did with Keanu Reeves.
1: Um, well, what about The Mummy? I think that was her first big role.
0: <laughs> that was, like, her first big breakout role, I guess. But, you know, the movie I'm talking about came out in the early 90s. It was Keanu Reeves, Morgan Freeman.
1: I do remember that. Yeah. I believe that was after Mummy, though. That was... No, that was before Phil- mummy. Philadelphia? X No, no. no. Chain Reaction. That was it. Yes, Chain Reaction.
2: Okay. Thank you. I've never seen this movie. Mm -hmm. I don't think. Maybe I have. I don't know. You probably saw it a long time ago. It wasn't a good movie, so it's easily forgettable. It's got Keanu in it. It has to be good.
0: Well, it's breathtaking. Yeah. All right. So our final superhero (laughs) trailer of of the day is the new trailer for Bloodshot, uh, the Vin Diesel starring uh, uh, movie based off of the Valiant Comics Superhero from the early '90s as well.
2: Yes, we had to go through a 45 minute Matthew Cade-ish explanation yes. of this a couple of podcasts ago. Well, he's yeah. riveting. You guys, it was awesome. You guys didn't know anything about the character. I had to tell you about the character.
0: You're, you're like, what? This was based on a comic book. It's like, okay, petuses. All right, so Jude, what did you think of the new Bloodshot trailer? Uh,
1: I don't know. It looked fine. It looks like an action movie. I feel like. It looks like a ton of other action superhero movies that they keep creating, yeah. and Vin Diesel's in it, so cool. You're probably going to drag me to it.
0: Uh, actually, like I feel like this is a wait for video or stream. <laughs> oh,
1: good. Something I can finally watch in my yeah. underwear from the couch.
0: Yeah. For those of you who don't know, my, my lovely girlfriend here is uh, not a big superhero movie fan. <laughs> Unless it's got Jason Momoa and wet jeans in it, and then she's all over it. They don't have to be wet. <laughs> Matt Vader seventy four. What did you think of um, the new Bloodshot trailer?
2: I'm kind of in the same boat. I, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'll go see this in the theater. I'm, I probably will, but it'll just be if I'm like bored. And, if I drag you to it, uh, maybe, yeah. maybe, yeah. It doesn't. It's a Vin Diesel movie with cool special effects based on a comic
1: book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it'll
2: be fine, I'm sure. It's
1: right. like Triple X with superpowers. I'd
2: rather watch him drive around in cars and do ridiculous, mm-hmm. That's things. terrible fashion. <laughs> um,
0: I, uh, you know, I was a big fan of the Valiant universe when it first kind of came into being uh, in the early '90s, because that was like my prime comic book collecting uh, time frame when when I was like super into comic books, mm-hmm. and I actually became uh, friends with Bernard Chang, who was one of the artists for Valiant. He did a Dr. Mirage, I think it was.
1: Hashtag name dropper.
2: Yeah. He does that a
1: lot. Uh, yeah. But, Back uh, when I used to live in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Back in
2: Hollywood, yeah. um, <laughs> I ate breakfast one time with this guy who was in this one movie one time. It was really cool. <laughs>
0: One time, I did have breakfast across from Robert Rodriguez and Rose McGowan when they were having an affair in Rooney. There we go.
2: I, I've heard this story from my wife. She does that to me sometimes because she used to live over there. Oh, and she she had breakfast one time with Ozzy and his nanny, and I think it was. he said it was Jack and the girl that you never see on TV. Oh, the,
0: the older daughter. I
2: think it was before Kelly was around or something, but. She, she met them when they were little, so I've I heard that story. Yeah, it's, it's hard not to meet famous people when you live in Hollywood <clears throat> and work
0: in the industry. But, uh, yeah, um, so I was a big fan of the Valiant universe when it first kind of hit the stage. And uh, they actually came in with a plan to, like, have all these different characters and, like, have them kind of cross over. It was kind of like a mini Marvel universe type mm-hmm. thing, but that's not uncommon in comic books, you know. But they actually had, like, kind of like uh, – uh, plan that spanned in, like um, millennium. So, like Bloodshot was the initial um, incarnation of a character called uh, Ronan, who was like a futuristic samurai, with, mm-hmm. like the, the same nanite blood powers. And so, when you read the Bloodshot comic, you got a lot of background into this other character who was kind of like the center of this comic book universe. And so, it was really cool. And but, like like you you said. Uh, Black Widow is like almost five years too late. This is almost like 20 years too late. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they should have really been trying to do this stuff. I think, in the, I think the studios
2: are really mining deep yeah. into the comic- independent comic book shelves to see what kind of stuff they could turn into a film these well, days. There,
0: there's, there's even comic book creators nowadays who make stuff just to turn it into a movie. Mm-hmm. Like they get it out into comic book stores just so they can say, oh, it was a comic book. Let's adapt it into I'm a movie. I'm waiting
2: for uh, Ethan Van Skyvers to announce that Cyberfrog the Movie is coming out. That'd so, be that'd be really cool, but I don't be, he think, would I don't think any studio wants to that's a deal with that. Unfortunately, he would be that would be something, wouldn't
0: it? Yeah, he, need, he needs to go the indie film route. Yeah, yeah.
1: Maybe right. you should adapt Earthman Jack into a comic book. Oh,
0: don't don't think I haven't thought about it. <laughs> Dealing with artists is tough, though. Like, you either have to pay them a whole lot of money, otherwise they're not going to do the work, or you need to find someone who's passionate about your material and is yeah. willing to like work on a like a delayed payment basis. Otherwise, they're just real pains in the butts to deal with. And I say that with the utmost respect because I'm friends with a lot of artists. And I've dealt with artists for illustrations for my books. And, you know, it's so hit or miss. Like, you can find a great artist and then, like, he's like, oh, I I know I contracted with you to do ten illustrations. But I'm only going to do three. Just uh, don't have time.
2: Just don't have those hacks that are doing Thundercats roar do it. Oh, yeah. So...
0: Well, you know, I I know that this is a big controversy with Thundercats because people are used to kind of taking the cartoon seriously. Mm -hmm. And the last incarnation of Thundercats was like almost anime quality in terms of like the animation. But uh, I think I was telling you earlier, Matt, um, the same thing happened with the Teen Titans where you went from Young Justice to Teen Titans Go. And uh, everyone was upset that, you know, uh, Young Justice got canceled for Teen Titans Go because it was a much more kiddie-friendly kind of animation style. But when I was watching that um, Teen, Teen Titans Go with our kid, back when he was into it, I was amazed at how brilliant that show really was. And the animation style kind of went hand-in-hand hand with it. And I think Jude and I are both fans of the Teen Titans Go. GC3. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Like, we've gone to see the movies in the theater. And uh, I just crack up at, at some of the jokes that they have because it really is something that appeals not only to kids but also to adults. And the animation style isn't the best, um, at least especially compared to the more adult-looking, mm-hmm. like, you know, Young Justice stuff. So with the Thundercats thing, even though it's not my style of animation, it's not my preferred style, I'm kind of in a wait-and-see mode to see, like, okay, is what they're going for going to be smart and subversive or is it just going to be stupid? Like She-Ra, the, the she yeah. thing that they did. Stupid. <laughs> yeah, that, That's your line. I'm sorry to steal <laughs> it. Stupid. It's stupid. It's
2: dumb. <laughs>
0: yeah. All right. So moving on, uh, let's talk about the latest HBO original series, The Outsider. Yes. So uh, I was really into this from the moment I saw the first trailer. Uh, for those of you who don't know, and by the way, this is going to be a spoiler discussion, so if you don't want anything of the first two episodes spoiled for you... Turn it off. Yes, just fast forward or turn it off or, you know... How do far do they else.
2: have to fast forward? I don't know. Is this going to be the, the Kate-ish 45-minute uh, go-to-school session, or are we just going <laughs> to dis- discuss it for a couple of minutes?
1: Well, we got somewhere to be in an hour, <laughs> yeah, so right. we're going to have to keep it short. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying, trying
0: to keep this tight for Alex. <laughs> So, uh, basically, uh, this is based on a Stephen King book, I guess a recent Stephen King book? Yeah,
1: uh, I want to say it came out in 2018, so also not very, very old at all, yeah. yeah.
0: So, like, 12 Stephen King books ago, because the guy's a fast writer. <laughs> um, but it's basically... King a, King is a hell of a drug. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's basically uh, a story about uh, a, a child murder that happens in a small, kind of sleepy town, mm. and it... Uh, the evidence of who did it's kind of overwhelming. It, it points towards this uh, little league uh, baseball coach. Mm-hmm. And so they arrest Killer this guy. Of the yeah. They arrest this Father. guy uh, based off of all this evidence. Like they've got his fingerprints all over the crime scene, they've got his DNA there, mm-hmm. uh, he, they've got three witnesses that put him at the scene of the crime, uh, all this stuff. And then um, they find out that he was also 60 miles away at a teacher conference. Uh, That's backed up by video evidence.
1: And fingerprints.
0: And fingerprints. So basically, their main suspect was in two places at once. And the main detective of the show is trying to figure out how that's possible. And the deeper he gets into it, the more he discovers, the stranger this case becomes. And uh, it's got this really cool, like, um, almost the night of vibe like if you've mm-hmm. ever seen the hbo original series the night of yeah with john Turturro, uh it's it's a very tense very dark very moody kind of uh kind of atmosphere in the show both the first two episodes were directed by jason bateman who's mm-hmm. also an actor in the show it's,
1: yeah starring role yeah and uh it, like
0: i love the show yeah. like i was into it from the moment i saw the first uh trailer but uh Actually, getting to watch the first two episodes back to back and seeing the, the mystery kind of be established and unfold just had me hooked from beginning to end. And I could not get enough. I wish that all the episodes were out so I could binge them. Uh, Jude, what did you think of um,
1: The Outsider? Uh, I was super into it and I could not wait to start watching this. I was very excited for it. Yeah, you're and a big it Stephen did, King fan. Right? Did not disappoint at all. Yeah, I am a big. big um, Stephen King fan. I could not, fi- you know, this was driving me crazy. I couldn't figure out where I had seen, um, what's her name, Gl- Glory, uh, uh, Jason, Bateman's Jason Bateman's wife. Jason wife in the show. Uh, and I finally figured it out yesterday. She was actually in another Stephen King movie, uh, 1922, that came out. With least, Thomas Jane. Yeah. With, with
2: Netflix original.
1: I think that came out last year, 2019? Something like that. 2019,
2: 2018? Yeah. You're, yeah. you're just a wealth of Knowledge,
0: yeah, but I had I had
1: read that book as well. Um, I hated the movie.
0: What about Gerald's Game? That was another one that came out right before, yeah. That
1: one. Yeah, was that straight to Netflix?
0: Or... I believe it was, yeah. yeah. The
1: Netflix, Netflix original, anyway. Um, Outsiders, I, I agree with you with everything that you said about it. It, it does remind me a lot of um,
0: The Night of the Night
1: of, yeah. Um, it's creepy, it's kind of like slow. Like creeping about in, in, into the story, you're just like kind of following it along, and it's not like super fast paced or anything. But um, like you're so invested in what is going on, and I was very, I was nervous eating the whole time. I ate, uh, <laughs> I ate a chocolate bar, a bag of chips, and like a hide of beef jerky while I was watching the first <laughs> episode. I could not uh, settle down. I was very nervous about what was what was about to happen.
0: Um, Jude's a very empathetic show watcher. I, like, am. Like I get we, if, very nervous if, if we watch a documentary on, like, Ted Bundy, for instance. I had to she, booby trap the house yeah, for yeah, will she'll, she'll, <laughs> she'll think that a serial killer will try to sneak into our house at night like, for like a month, and she'll like set booby traps around. It the just
1: house. helps me feel comfortable. Yeah.
0: But even when we were watching the uh, the night of. <laughs> Uh, the the tension in that show, oh, so tense! Uh, like, we just set her on edge. She's like, I can't sleep after watching yeah. this. It's, I can't watch it. It's too terrible.
1: I can sleep. I'll just wake up screaming, and yeah. then you have to deal with that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but uh, the this this show, The Outsider, it is very slow and deliberately paced, mm-hmm. but it
2: works.
3: Mm-hmm. It's
2: very 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 moody. Very, very moody. Uh, yeah, good word. They they somehow make you stress out. The entire time you're watching this movie,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and it's not normally a show I would ever, I would never have watched this show if Matt said we weren't talking about it on the podcast. But I'm glad he did oh, good. <clears throat> because um, I've been kind of pushing myself lately to watch things that mm-hmm. I'm not comfortable watching, and it's it's been quite the journey so far. So I'm, I'm enjoying this show. All right, so
0: I got some questions for you guys on, based on this show. This is where okay. the spoilers are going to come in. So there's lots of little things in the show that are very intriguing mysteries. And Mm -hmm. I'm just like, what's going on here? So first of all... This
1: will be based on the first episode or the first two? First two episodes. Okay.
0: So the first thing is, how do you think Jason Bateman's character was in two different places at the same time? Doppelganger. You think it's a doppelganger? Mm -hmm. What about you, Matt?
2: Um, I think he had a twin at birth that was raised in like some kind of crazy murdering orphanage. Keep in mind and- <laughs> this
1: is Stephen King though, so there has to be like a supernatural. I don't know whole... enough
2: about Stephen King okay. stuff to but I, mean, I was, but I don't know. It's
0: it's that's there part is, of the fun, there right? There is precedence for what Matt said with Stephen King because wasn't the Dark Half one of those things where like he ate his twin in the womb? I have no idea. And uh <laughs> and so like the twin that he ate in the womb was still part of him as he grew up and it was like this alter ego that would take him over sometimes. Did you ever read The Dark Half? No,
1: I didn't but I mean, that's not a you can be in two places at the same time
0: thing. It's not, but there there is precedence for Stephen King using like the evil twin uh, trope uh, in, in his stories. So so it's either uh, an exact twin or a doppelganger, yeah. one of the two. Um, and it's interesting because uh, you know the the Jason Bateman that we see that the witnesses saw and that we see on like the security footage, um, he acts very differently than the Jason Bateman who's arrested. Um, yeah. So there's definitely some some differences there, and like like when he's caught on the the security camera flipping off the camera, knowing that someone's watching him, and it's a very subtle flip off. Like you have to be looking for it, <laughs> you know. Like and Ben Mendelsohn is doing a great job carrying the show as the lead detective guy. For those of you who don't know, Ben Mendelsohn is the uh, director Krennic from uh, Rogue One, and also he was uh, the the head scroll guy from Captain Marvel. A good actor, man. Stuff. Yeah, he's I like a great him. actor. Um, so that's the f- the first big mystery is how was he in two places at the same time, and he's got the exact same fingerprints, exact same DNA. So, like it, it's you
2: know, but there's some time travel stuff going on. Uh, maybe I don't know. Who knows? You... <laughs> uh, I'm uh, I'm kind of undecided. I'm,
0: I'm, you have to
1: choose one of, one of our. I'm leaning
0: towards the doppelganger thing because we have the the mystery man with the messed up face that we see a couple times in, in the show. Mm-hmm. he's always in the background when something bad or Mm -hmm. ominous is happening. And uh, he's got this hoodie on, but you can kind of see his face is all messed up.
1: Okay, so I'm glad you brought that up because there's something I wanted to ask you, both of you. Um, Is it just me, or have you noticed that when we first see him, he doesn't really have much of a face at all? And the more times we see him, the more face he has? Like, it's becoming more of he's well we we actually
2: i think we got to see pretty much his whole face after the courthouse shooting scene at least the lighting showed that he was very disfigured under there and before that it was pretty much just a black blank space underneath the hood for the most part i kind of got a sense that
1: the more chaos that is happening in this town the more it feeds into him as like a, a like a supernatural creature, yeah, like, I, he's feeding on it.
2: I, I, I see where you're going with that. I mean, he's definitely, he shows up everywhere. Somebody that's related to this murder case kicks it.
1: Mm-hmm. So do you think that he's so, a good guy or a bad guy? Do you think uh, he's the murderer, or do you think he's there as a, a side character there to, like, protect these I think he's definitely characters? an
0: ominous character.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's like the Angel of Death or something weird. I don't know what but it's mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely but something to do with it.
0: I do think, I don't know if like, that's an interesting theory i don't know if his face has changed because the only times i've seen him like i felt like he, he was the same mm-hmm. messed up face um but speaking of this character uh jason bateman's daughter in the show his character's daughter youngest daughter keeps seeing a man in her room mm-hmm. and he's like almost taunting her um and at one point uh, we see the mother wake up and and this, and her daughter is kind of on the edge of the bed, and she's supposedly seen this man uh, who's not there. And the mother picks her up and kind of takes her um, downstairs to get a drink of water or whatever, and then the camera pans down, and there's like a pool of blood on the floor or some dark liquid.
1: Mystery substance. Mystery
0: substance that was there. So the question is, what is this little girl seeing, and how does it relate to the murder that happened?
2: I don't think we're supposed to know yet. I think it's just all part of the setup for the next six episodes or so. So I don't know. It's just all... What do you think? It is what it is.
1: I don't know. Um, I think that because we've only seen this mystery no-face man Mm -hmm. that they want us to think that it's him, but I think it's actually something entirely different. And I think that it is not unlike Stephen King to have a villain and also... Uh, a character who's there to um, protect, as like a like a guardian angel. So it, I think it could be um, this little girl is seeing someone who's actually there to protect her, and it scares her, and she doesn't like what it's saying. So that's why she's kind of like yelling at it and saying "Get out of my room." And then that last scene, she's just listening to it or watching it, or she's not really fighting with it at all. So. Maybe she's started like understanding that this is a, a being that's there to help
0: see I'm not sure because I think that uh, first of all the the primary victim in the first episode was a little kid mm-hmm. and I think that you know we saw other things like for instance, we saw a mutilated pig just out of the blue in the second episode where it was mutilated the same way that the original child was mutilated out in the woods and uh, I'm thinking that if there is some type of you know entity supernatural entity in the show this might be how he chooses his next victim like he might be stalking this girl um with the uh, intent to do to her what he did to the first child and he might take on a different face to do it this time instead of jason bateman it might be ben Mendelssohn's character or something along those lines there's definitely a supernatural aspect to this because we saw in in the, the trailer for what's to come in the season that there's this woman uh character that has yet to be introduced oh i
2: haven't even i haven't seen the trailer I'm just yeah. Going right in,
0: so yeah she she kind of comes in and she's like uh, looking for like supernatural clues and stuff so that's kind of interesting and then the last thing i want to ask you guys about is uh, well before we get to that um so there's a big body count in this show
1: mm, already uh
0: and it's weird how they do it because like they'll have people die and you did, you didn't know they died, and then like later on, it's like, oh, that person passed away. You are just like, yeah. wait, what? <laughs> but so, uh, like,
2: so I am not meaning to interrupt you, but spoiler: so the kid who got murdered, his whole family's dead, dead, dead by yeah. the end by the end of episode two, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, see, so like the mom freaked well, out and had a heart the dad's attack. Still right?
1: alive, but he's not right. ever he's Waking dead. up, yeah. yeah.
2: And then the older brother was the courthouse shooter, shooter. who got blasted. yeah and the dad. Kills himself. Kills himself, yeah. So, yeah. So that Terrible. whole family
0: just got wiped out.
2: Spoilers, everybody. Yeah. Uh, what, did you, what did
0: you think of that courthouse shooting scene?
2: I thought it was nonsense. That, that Honestly, it really kind of took me out of that episode for a little bit because I don't mm-hmm. think there's any place in the country where they're going to perp walk a child killer mm-hmm. up, the, up the sidewalk to the courthouse in the small town where the action took place where people... I literally was waiting for them to start throwing fruit at him, like it was in the medieval city back in the day. You know, it's just it didn't that didn't make any sense. You also it just thought just that wouldn't happen. The arrest
0: at the Little League game
2: was. A little out of I can of see true. that before them ever perp walking somebody up a street between three hundred people who mm-hmm. hate him. Yeah.
0: What did you think Made of,
2: no of the courthouse scene?
0: I know that well, when we were watching it, you cried out a couple of times.
1: Yeah, um, but that's how it happened in the book, and they needed to do that scene for everything else that happened afterwards to happen and move the yeah. the story forward. So, um, like I, I, I was on board.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you were pretty shocked when uh, with all the violence that happened. Uh, I, I know when that guy got shot in the head, you were like, oh, my God. Oh, I, yeah. I was,
1: I was shocked at how graphic they made um, his death scene. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't expect that.
0: All right. So last thing was the second episode ends with uh, a farmhand in, in this remote barn finding the clothes that Jason Bateman supposed character changed into Mm -hmm. at the strip club where he got rid of his bloody clothes and murder bateman not murder bateman Bateman. (laughs) Uh, yeah so like he changed out of his bloody clothes from the murder of the kid into like a white shirt jeans and like a a distinctive belt buckle like big belt buckle and uh, the farmhand finds these clothes abandoned in this farmhouse so what do you think Uh, That sets up for the next episode.
1: Well, what do you think was all over those clothes? Because I thought it looked like blood, and you said they just looked wet.
2: Yeah, I I, I thought it was just water. Oh, I thought it was blood, really. But who knows? I I don't know where this show's taking us, man. I'm I'm just down for the journey right now at this point.
0: So I'm wondering if whoever the killer is, he has to like murder something in order to Mm. change. You know, like like in order to take on a new appearance, he has to like mutilate something, and you know, the the kill, the, the act of killing something is what allows him to change how he looks. Okay, that could be something like that. Who knows? Interesting. Anyway, long and, sto- and short of it is this show is awesome, <laughs> and if you're not watching it, you should already be watching it.
2: Yeah, yeah. definitely give
0: it a and look. And if
1: you weren't watching it, sorry about all the things we spoiled for
2: you. <laughs> There's only two episodes out, so <laughs> this is a.
0: All right, so last segment, let's talk about the Oscar nominations. Ooh, the uh, Oscars! It was announced that uh, moms. the the twenty twenty Oscars released their list of nominees, and uh, there were a couple things uh, I want to talk about. First, Ryan Johnson getting uh, <sighs> nominated for best original screenplay. What is the Academy smoking? Like, Knives Out wasn't a bad movie, but it was definitely not Oscar caliber writing. You know, like so. I don't know. Why this guy is getting so much love from from the Academy? He must have some blackmail on someone. <laughs> uh, what do you guys think of Ryan Johnson getting a, a screenplay
2: nomination? You, you really want to know <laughs> what I think about Ryan Johnson? Yes. Ryan Johnson can go drive off a cliff. <laughs> I, I just I don't care about that dude. Do I don't. I'm never gonna watch another one of his movies. And I know that doesn't make me very uh, impartial, but I just don't like him. I don't. I don't care.
0: So you're, you're probably <laughs> the the least biased here when it comes to. The, ryan johnson because you never saw the last jedi right uh what do you what do you think
1: well i didn't see knives out either so i don't know that i have a dog in the race
3: you've
0: probably never seen a ryan johnson movie how dare you (laughs) well have you i don't
3: know
0: Maybe. (laughs) (laughs)
1: all
0: right so um another interesting factor in in this year's oscars is that this is the first year that a streaming service aka netflix has gotten more nominations than actual uh, studio has.
1: Which is a thing I told Kadish yesterday that he's trying to pass off as something he knew. <laughs> well,
0: Miss, uh, I don't know what the say by the Bell reboot's all about. <laughs> I think I'll look it up for you. Um, so, uh, the interesting thing mm-hmm. is is that Disney uh, is the second most nominated studio but that's only because they absorbed Fox and got all of the Fox movies uh, that got nominated under their umbrella. So, the uh, so that's... Netflix has really come out strong this award that's season. True uh primarily with uh, the the irishman and uh marriage story yes um so uh it looks like they're going to be um kind of uh, giving netflix its biggest uh, or disney's going to be giving netflix its biggest competition but uh, uh i just find it interesting that streaming services are now kind of rising to the oscar contender level
2: don't they have to isn't aren't there rules as to where the streaming service they have to have don't, doesn't the movie have to be in an actual theater not necessarily. No, but, or something. Well, the or,
1: Irishman wasn't. Yeah, I,
2: thought, I think it was actually. Oh, did did they have like a limited? I think I think run? they have. Well, that's what I mean. I think they have to have a like limited. I, I, kn- I know to be that to be that marriage nominated. story
0: did, but I, I didn't.
2: I thought uh, Irishman wasn't exclusive.
1: Hmm. Um, I don't think so.
2: I really don't think so. I'm not 100, percent, but I don't think so. Mm. So,
0: well, the, salty
1: nerds holla back let yeah, us
0: know the Academy yeah. might be changing their rules in the future to, just to accommodate more of this original I think they're I, gonna I have not. to
1: I hope
2: not I think I think a movie needs to be able to be seen in the theater first there's just there's something special about going to the movies and seeing it on the big 90 foot screen and I think they should stick to their guns at least it has to be up for a week or something in a couple theaters I don't know
0: so, well the big thing is the Joker got the, the most nominations out of any movie this year, mm-hmm. which is driving the people who all said you were going to get murdered if you go see it. <laughs> crazy. Um, For sure. And, you know, like, I really, I really enjoyed The Joker. I, I thought that it had a lot of really good elements to it, and I'm glad that it got so many award nominations because the critics, by and large, really tore this movie apart before it even premiered. And so it's almost like a big F you to all the people who were just kind of virtue signaling over... Uh, this movie uh, before it came out and warning people not to go see it. It was kind of like uh, a big success despite all the negative press against it. Um, so what I want to do right now is I want to get your guys's predictions on who's going to win. Um, let me bring. Up the list so So for Best Actor, okay. we have Jonathan Price for the Two Popes, Adam Driver for Marriage Story, Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory, Joaquin Phoenix for Joker and Leonardo DiCaprio from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Of those, who's your pick? Uh,
1: Leonardo, but I I mean, I know that you you didn't say Joaquin, did you? I did, Oh, you did? Okay. So I thought you were just like saving it as like a surprise. Okay, sorry. Uh, No, I think Joaquin Phoenix is going to get it for Joker.
0: Matt, what do you think?
2: I concur. I think that's pretty much a given at this Mm -hmm. point.
0: I agree. I think the only one who can... Really give Joaquin a run for his money would be Leo. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I just feel like Joaquin ticked all the the check boxes for uh, winning an award where like he transformed himself physically. Uh, his he,
1: performance blew people away. Yeah, like
0: like he had such a multi layered performance and it showed a huge range of emotion. Uh, it was really, really impressive on his part. So I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm guessing Joaquin is basically a lock for this. And that'll be the second time a character who played the Joker wins an Academy Award, but it might be the first time that a living actor that's that's pretty <laughs> wins interesting, it, actually.
2: You know, Comic book uh, characters winning Oscars because yeah,
0: Heath Ledger won a
2: posthumous Oscar yeah. for,
0: for mm-hmm. his portrayal as the Joker. So, Best Picture we have nineteen seventeen Ford versus Ferrari, Joker, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite, Irishman, Little Little Women, Jojo Rabbit, and Marriage Story. So of those, which one do you think is going to take the Best Picture award?
1: There are several I haven't seen yet, um, but Parasite looks so good. And I know everybody's going bananas over Marriage Story, so I don't know that I I have enough information to make an educated guess.
0: I can tell you, I don't think The Irishman's going to win. No. No. That movie was one of the most self-indulgent films I think I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, It was very slow- it, it felt like a movie I've seen a thousand times from Martin Scorsese. But we have like anything new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it didn't even feel like a Scorsese movie for the most part because the visual style is so toned down.
1: Yeah, I feel like I've seen this movie before, but it didn't take as long.
0: Yeah. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was great, but I don't think it's best picture material. I agree. Matt, which one do you think is going to take the best picture?
2: Um, you know, it's weird this year because for the first time I think ever, I've actually seen the majority of these movies in the in the theater. Um, and they're all good. They're all very good. Um, I think my favorite one of the bunch, if I was a voter, is probably Jojo Rabbit. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to win. I also would like to see 1917 take it home, too. I just watched that one the other day. It's an excellent movie. Um, but I think man now i don't know i'm questioning myself uh, i think it's either going to be uh it's either going to be once upon a time in hollywood or or uh, the joker i think it's going to be one of those two i couldn't tell you which one it's going to be i don't have any idea But it'll be one of those two see i think joker has a good
0: chance i don't think once upon a time in hollywood is is going to do it um jojo rabbit potentially because uh the academy loves movies about mm-hmm. Nazis yeah mm-hmm. um <laughs>
2: It's my favorite of the group. It yeah. really is. And, and pl-
0: plus, because it's Taika Waititi, mm-hmm. um, he kind of checks the intersectionality boxes that the Academy loves to promote. Uh, you know, you have the whole, like, Oscar so white backlash. So if they were to give him, uh, you know, his movie a if an award, like, it would kind of diff- diffuse that. But I think from a purely filmmaking standpoint, 1917 is probably the most technically... Uh, superior movie it, on it, that list. It's an incredible movie. and It really is. And Sam Mendes is, you know, uh, a critical darling as well as a darling of the Academy. He's a very well-known director. So my my bet would be 1917 is going to take away the uh, the best picture.
1: Speaking of Jojo Rabbit, uh, ScarJo got nominated for two awards, uh, one as Best Actress and one as Best Supporting Actress in Jojo Rabbit.
0: Yeah, so she got nominated for Best Actress for Marriage Story. Yeah. And then she got nominated for Best Supporting Actress in Jojo Rabbit, because I guess she was the mother. She's the mom. She's the mom. So of the Best Actress category, we have Charlize Theron for Bombshell, Renee Zellweger for Judy, uh, Cynthia Erivo for Harriet, uh, Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story, and Sorice Ronan for Little Women. So of those, who do you think is going to take away the (laughs) the award?
2: I... I couldn't tell you. I haven't seen any of those movies. I haven't seen any of them. Not one. I'll, I'll tell you,
0: um, ScarJo for Marriage Story, I think, is going to win this one. Now, I haven't seen any of these either. But I just know that um, be- because of the way Marriage Stories was shot, it's basically a very acting-intensive film. Mm-hmm. It's basically just two characters, uh, Adam Driver and, and Scarlett Johansson. So I think that Scarlett Johansson is probably going to take this one, um, just based off of you know that alone.
2: I would like to see her take at least one of those nomination song for sure all right so
0: for best supporting actor we have anthony hawkins for two popes brad pitt for once upon a time in hollywood joe pesci for the irishman al pacino for the irishman and tom hanks for a beautiful day in the neighborhood of those who do you think is going to win
2: um holy crap let me pull these up here real quick Uh, jude who do you think uh,
1: i'm gonna say pesci really yeah
2: what do you think matt um, well it's like we were talking about earlier, Pacino was really good in The Irishman, even though the film itself wasn't that great. Um I watched The Two Popes yesterday, thoroughly really enjoyed that movie. Yeah. I thought Anthony Hopkins was uh very good. So uh one of those two guys I think will take it.
0: So I think that my personal favorite of this would be Brad Pitt. Just oh of, I, I
2: forgot about brad pitt just yeah. because i, I yeah, loved for sure
0: once upon a time in hollywood but i don't think um he's going to uh get that i actually think al pacino was the real standout in the irishman because i felt like joe pesci was very subdued mm-hmm. like he was almost sleepwalking through that movie in my opinion
1: he didn't even want to do the movie
0: yeah but but pacino uh he just stole every scene he was in even
1: like and he was
0: in every scene with uh with De Niro, too. And De Niro just felt like he was going through the motions yeah. for that movie. So,
2: Brad Pitt won the Globe, right? In the same category? Uh, I, don't, oh, I, don't, I don't remember. I think he did. I'm not 100% sure. But how often did, does the win in the Golden Globes turn into a win at the Oscars? Hardly ever. So. Okay, so know. for Best Director, we have
0: Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I would love for him to win. Todd Phillips for Joker. Bon Joon Ho for Parasite. Martin Scorsese for The Irishman, and Sam Mendes for 1917. Now, keep in mind, it's very rare for a Best Director winner to not have their movie win Best Picture. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, which one do you think would be the one to take away Best Director?
1: Uh, I would love for Quentin Tarantino to win, and though I have not seen it, I think Bong Joon-ho is going to get it for Parasite.
0: What
2: do you think, Matt? I would like to see Quentin get it, for sure. He's only got one more movie Mm -hmm. to do it, right? Yep. Um, I kind of think Sam Mendes is going to take it with 1917, though.
0: Yeah. I, I agree with Matt. I, I would love to see Quentin Tarantino win Best Director at least once before he retires. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a good chance Todd Phillips could walk away with Best Director. Could. But I think the, mm-hmm. the favorite going into this is actually Sam Mendes. I think he's going to be the, the one to beat for Best Director. All right, so let's talk about Best Original Screenplay. We have uh, Marriage Story uh, by Noah Bombash. We have Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite, Han Jin Wan and Bong Joon Hu, Knives Out, Ryan Johnson, and <laughs> 1917, Christy Wilson Cairns and Sam Mendes. So, which movie do you think is going to win best original screenplay? June?
3: Uh,
1: I'm just sticking with Parasite.
0: Parasite? Matt?
2: Any of them, but Ryan Johnson. I don't care.
0: I don't care anybody but him. Yeah. Mm. I'm really hoping Once Upon a Time in Hollywood wins um, because that was a truly brilliant screenplay. It was in my opinion. It, it was really good, especially that scene with uh, where Leonardo DiCaprio is acting. You know that scene uh, uh, in the saloon. Yeah. Uh, just just writing that scene alone should should win the the, the Oscar for Tarantino. Mm-hmm. All right, so for best adapted screenplay, we have Taika Waititi for Jojo Rabbit, we have Greta Gerwig for Little Women, Steven Zaillian for The Irishman, Todd Phillips for Joker, Anthony McCartan for The Two Popes, and Scott Silver for Joker. Now, I don't I don't think Joker is is a proper adaptation. Um so I don't know why this is this is there, but um not
2: I'm, I'm going to break in really quick because for for the weird, the idiots like me out there, I need you to give me the 30-second crib notes version of what the difference is between screenplay and adaptive screenplay.
0: Oh. Well, an adaptive screenplay has source material that it was based off of, and original is, it was just made off, you know, creatively um, without any source material. Original so, content. All right. Yeah. So I guess Jojo Rabbit was based off of a book. Uh, Little Women, obviously based off of books. Same with The Irishman. Uh, I'm not sure about The Two Popes. It might have been based off of a news article or or, or a book. Uh, Joker, it's obviously based off a comic book, but it wasn't pulled from any particular comic book, so I don't know why it would be considered adapted, especially considering the fact that they seemed to write half the movie as they were shooting it. So, I don't know. But okay. uh, Jude, what do you think for best adapted screenplay?
1: Uh, um, I'm going to say Two Popes.
0: Two Popes? Just because?
1: Because I haven't said Two Popes yet.
0: Okay,
2: Matt, what do you think? Um, I think we'll give Jojo Rabbit this one. Jojo Rabbit? Yeah, sure. I agree with you. I
0: think Jojo Rabbit's probably going to take the uh, the best adapted screenplay. If not Jojo Rabbit, then probably The Irishman would be my guess. Uh, I think Little Women has been adapted to death, so I doubt that that one will win. and that's pretty much all the categories I wanted to go through. I know that The Rise of Skywalker got nominated for three Academy Awards, but they were all technical stuff, like mm-hmm. Best Special Effects.
2: So oh, Let's talk about cinematography really
0: quick. I was just going to say Oh, uh, you want to talk about cinematography? Yeah. All right. So for cinematography, we have Robert Richardson for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We have Rodrigo Pretro for The Irishman, Roger Deacons for 1917, Jaron Blasics for The Lighthouse, and Lawrence Sher for Joker. Uh, to me, I think 1917 is probably going to take Best Cinematography. Uh, what do you think, Jude? Sure. Yeah.
2: Completely agree. Yeah. Completely agree. That movie was something else. So Yeah. I, I just think
0: Lighthouse, you know, it's all black and white. So, you know, it's a little bit easier to shoot something like that. The
2: Lighthouse looks depressing just from the poster.
0: Yeah. I didn't think the cinematography in The Irishman was anything special. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually looked very flat to me. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, again, it was it was just kind of – um a typical tarantino movie so the cinematography didn't have a whole lot of flair to it Mm -hmm. in my opinion um and joker the, the cinematography for joker was pretty good i mean it basically mimicked a 1970s scorsese film but i just feel like from what i've seen of 1917 the the whole one shot kind of thing that they're doing with that movie where it's all done in quote unquote one take but with hidden cuts and stuff uh was so much more of a technical achievement that I can't see them not getting the cinematography or, right, yeah. You know, it's just from a technical craftsman point of view, it was a much more difficult film because you have to shoot, you have to light for all those big long shots, and you have to seamlessly merge all the shots and all this other stuff. So, and they had some very complicated battle scenes going on with those camera movements. When, so, when you look at
2: some of the behind the scenes stuff for that movie, it's pretty wild. The 1917 sure. movie, it's um, I was super impressed with what they did there. All right, so we've got one fan question, real quick, to do before we wrap up this
0: episode, and that is, uh, what would a Michael Bay Star Wars movie be like?
2: Matt, what do you think? Um, it would be. Would it jizz in your eyes? It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Bay jizz everywhere. Yeah. Um, no, it would be uh, uh Super Star destroyers, transformers, as you know, they would transform into like big giant sun sword yeah. wielding transformers and kick each other's ass in orbit, yeah, yeah. it'd be kinda of wild. Ray Ray would be wearing a, <laughs> a bikini the
0: whole time. Yeah.
2: There'd be some rock music blaring all the time. Yeah. Her her and
0: Finn and Poe would have a threesome. <laughs> in Vegas.
2: God, is this for like the Patreons? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, they would all go to Canto bite have a threesome. <laughs> oh god. Because that's Michael Bay style. Ah yeah. George, what would a what Michael Bay <laughs> would a Michael Bay's Star Wars movie be like? No clue. It'd just be a, a big space battle the whole
2: time. Big space battle with rock music. Yeah. And laser swords. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Laser swords. Some parkour guys jumping around the outside of them.
0: Frickin' laser swords. <laughs> All right, everyone. That was this week's episode of the Salty Nerd Podcast. Without the Salty Nerd, uh, hopefully Alex is feeling better, so he'll be back next week to, yeah, feel to better, meet buddy. his his panel of nerds and nerdette. Um this is Matthew Kadish, along with JuJuju and Matt Vader 74 Matt, why don't you tell everyone where people can find you on the socials?
2: Oh, you can find me on all the socials at MattVader74. Yes, I don't really update most of them, but I'm super active on Twitter most of the time, and I'll be working on the other yes. stuff.
0: And he gets really depressed when people don't interact with his tweets.
2: Yeah, interact with me, yeah. you yeah. jerks. So, so like, retweet, re- respond.
0: Uh, Jude, where can people find you?
1: I am at JuJu, Ju- at JudeJuju on instagram and facebook and i am the jew on twitter i underscore am underscore the underscore j u on
0: twitter and i'm at matthew kadish k-a-d-i-s-h on twitter and instagram Uh, you can join my facebook group uh, at www.eggfbgroup.com that'll forward you right to the facebook group you can also find me on amazon where you can purchase my books if you're so inclined uh, at kadishbooks.com I'll take you right to my Amazon page, and we'd also like to thank our sponsor, OrganicallyWonderful.com, for all your uh, you know holistic, uh, all natural beauty needs. Jude, you've tried out Organically Wonderful's products before. What did you think of them? I love them. What was your favorite?
1: The lemon scrub.
2: The lemon scrub. So it's funny you- because I got some of my wife that for Christmas, and she she smells awesome. <laughs> 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 so uh, definitely
0: check out organicallywonderful.com. I think you can get a discount if you use the coupon code salty nerd or something like that. I'm sure I'll put it in the put it in the end here. Yeah, put it in the end. Um, so uh, we we thank our sponsor for making this possible, and to all the pa- lovely patrons who uh, support us on Patreon. The patron, yeah. high five. Yeah,
1: yeah. We got
2: two patrons right here. <laughs>
1: I just want access to the content. I know, isn't that?
2: We have to like, subscribe to our own content. Yeah. Isn't that sad? And that's really ridiculous. It's, it's Alex's evil plan <laughs> to, to pay to participate in his podcast. i give him a dollar to hear my stupid voice. Oh, <laughs> good. Anyway,
0: guys, this is Matthew Kadish, Juju, and Matt Vader 74 signing off. And we will see you all next week.
2: Bye.
3: Bye. I got it from my dad. dad, 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 dad.